Studio Ghibli is releasing a, a CGI animated film. Is it Miyazaki's new film? No. Right, okay. I mean, are you a fan of their shit? I, li I like Studio Ghibli, yeah. Well, like, okay, so I like Miyazaki movies, right. which is like the main ones they release. Mm -hmm. I've seen like a couple of the non Miyazaki films, but I, I what, like, to say that I'm a fan of things that are outside of him, I would be lying. Yeah. Because. I I always thought that, you know, the main draw with them was that it was hand-drawn animation. Not all of it. They've been using... They've been dabbling in fucking CG stuff for a while. Like, some of the backgrounds have been CG. Yeah, It's, I like, remember, spirited away, at least. Like, Hell's Moving Castle. That one has a lot of CG in it. Yeah. Like, the fucking... The house is a fucking CGI thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it still isn't, it's like a 2D computer animated, which right. was already for me a bit like, oh, okay. But now it's just like full Pixar shit. So it's going to be like a full on like Toy Story looking thing. Yeah. Interesting. What's the, what's the premise? Uh, so it's called Aya and the Witch. And they just released a few images from it. And yeah, it just looks like a fucking... Regular ass fucking DreamWorks Pixar type thing. That does sound kind of boring. I don't to know. be honest, like a lot what of those fucking CGI things all start looking the same. Mm. Like th there's, there was a point in time where DreamWorks, you could spot a DreamWorks movie and you could spot a Pixar movie. Like you could kind of tell. Yep. But now. And illumination, whatever the fucking people that do, Despicable Me and shit, mm. they all look very similar now. And yeah, it's boring. It's crazy because illumination are like the cheap ones. Yeah. And I noticed that when they came along and did really well, it looked like the quality of the others went down. I mean, like you look at fucking even. Finding Nemo. Yeah. And then you look at The Good Dinosaur. I didn't even watch that piece of shit. I how much, it. like, that... Like, how much they're supposed to, you know, move forward. I think that they are, like, cutting back. Because they can see that Illumination doesn't have to spend $250 million. Because no one cares. You know, Illumination looks like shit. But no one really cares. It looks well, kids wouldn't care, which is like kind of meant to be their marker, right? Yeah. But people who... But but that's the fucked up thing about Pixar is like they have always kind of had that cross appeal. Mm. Like whereas Illumination, like the last thing I'll ever want to do is watch a Despicable Me movie. I tried to watch the first one and it was like painfully baby. Like I'm yeah. like, this is baby food. Yeah. Whereas like you should be able to put on a Pixar movie as an adult and enjoy it, right? Or yep. at least 10 at least ten years ago back, the last few years have been like really fucking... Sad. Dodgy and sad. Like it's just, it's cookie cutter and sequels. Yeah. So like it's either completely unoriginal or it's Cars 7, yeah. you know? But now it's all just, I don't know. Well, maybe it'll be good, but 
I mean, I'm just disappointed that Studio Ghibli is like doing a CGI animated film. If what you're saying in the screenshots look boring, that to me sounds like a warning bell. However, if you had just said there haven't been screenshots released and they're doing a animation, right? Oh, like a 3D animation. There's part of me that has the sense of hope that they would at least do something interesting with it. Mm -hmm. But if you're saying it doesn't look great, then that's kind of bullshit. Hi, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joe. I'm Dean. This is coming uh, to you completely live. We're in the same room at the moment. I can actually touch Dane. If I reach out, oh, there we go. Gay hand touching, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a podcast where we basically... Uh, pick a topic, film related. It can be a, you know, a series. It can be a, an original and a remake. That's a new one. Yeah. You picked a, you picked a new category this week. Um, you know, it could be an actor, it could be a studio, it could be a franchise, whatever. Basically, we pick it, and then it has to have, you know, more than one entry in it, or otherwise, what's the fucking point? The best and worst one movie. Uh, put all the put all the movies into a little um, a little spreadsheet, and then. I calculate it with Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, the box office, the budget, put it all together, average it all out, and, it, and, it, and uh, there appears to be the best and the worst of a certain topic. What was the topic this week, Dane, and what did we watch? I picked Willy Wonka movies, but there's only two. Yeah, there's only two of them. So yeah. um, there's the 1971 musical film, um, English film, it's very English, um, and it's it was the best. Um, it didn't. It was a box office bomb. I don't know if you know this, but when it came out, it didn't work. No way. Yeah, it, it had a budget of three million dollars and grossed four point five. Oh fuck. So that. it barely made any money. Um, it was liked by. It was really liked by critics, and slowly over time, the audience it grew an audience. So yeah. by the time we were little hatchlings. I think by it was then a it, classic was, it was by a then. classic. Yeah. I was very surprised when I found out that this was a sleeper hit. You know what I mean? This to me, this to me reeks of money. Like it's, it's not <laughs> Disney. So maybe that's why it didn't make money. It wasn't Disney. Yeah. Um, they were probably making bed knobs and broomsticks or something and winning at the box office. But um, yeah, so this one won pretty much on the critical and audience response. If if we Look at the money it made. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the 2005 remake, like blew it out of the water. Like Yeah, because that one was uh, like a hit. Yeah, that movie was a hit. It was quite liked by critics as well, but not as much as Willy Wonka. So at the end of the day, the user response and a slightly better critical response made it. So we're watching the good one. Thank God. I'm, I would have been a bit grumpy if Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah, was the good one. Yeah, if we had to sit here and be like, and now the worst, the good one. <laughs> Clearly the good one. See, I'm, I'm more happy with that, with like when we watched um, Spring Breakers and Gummo. Yeah. Like it's like something's underappreciated and, you know, maybe a bit more hard to, you know, harder on the palate for some people. So of course it's going to get a worse response. But this is Willy Wonka and the fucking Chocolate Factory. This is like a fucking mm -hmm. classic musical, you know, like how... Did it win any awards? Not that I know of. I didn't have to... See, I only calculate awards when um, 
uh, when it's kind of like almost a tiebreaker. Okay. But um, yeah, I think it may have been nominated for a Golden Globe or something, but I don't think it had anything to do with the Academy Awards. Right. But um, but yeah, so we're talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Do you mind giving us a... Uh, yeah, well, okay. What description? <laughs> so Willy Wonka is the owner of a chocolate factory and he fucking makes the best shit ever. But no one's allowed in and out of the factory. And they explain in the film that it's because there were too many spies trying to steal these secret formulas. So the factory is also a bit of a mystery. And the factory is located in the town where the main character lives, Charlie, who is a little povo kid. And he uh, lives in a house with his mum and just like four old people, or I guess it's like... Grandparents. Two of his grandparents. They're all his grandparents. They're all his grandparents. Yeah, so in the book, the dad's alive. Right. And it's his parents and the mum's parents. Right, so the dad's gone in this one. And it's so it's the dad's grand, the dad's parents and the mum's parents, and they all just hang out in this bed together. Is, <laughs> it's, right. When you put it like that, it sounds weird. Yeah, but they're just always in this bed, all four of them. <laughs> I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, imagine if you could, it's like a jackass stunt, just like lift the middle of it up, stick your head in, and just go. <sighs> And fucking you die. Oh, that's fucked up. I'm thinking I'm thinking more of like the bed sores. Like what do their legs look like? Like yeah. I, I very doubt that Grandpa Joe could have stood up because his f- legs would have fused to the sheets. Yeah, and, and the like... mum's gotta like wash all of them. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the poor mum. That's in the extended edition. Yeah. You actually get to see the mum. Just clean up all the shit. Just all the taking four hours to clean the genitals of these four old people. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and then uh, one, so Charlie's life is miserable, um, and then one day, uh, Willy Wonka announces that he's doing five golden tickets, and, you know, who's going to get the tickets, and these four rich, shitty kids get it, but then Charlie gets one, so then he goes to the chocolate factory, and that's, that's it, everyone knows, you know. Goes to the chocolate factory, and all the other kids are spoiled rotten. They're terrible kids. Yeah, they're little assholes. And slowly but surely they get killed. Or kind of killed. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, Charlie wins the chocolate factory because he's he's got a good heart. Yeah, he's got a good heart. He's got a good heart. I'm curious, what made you pick this? Why why did you pick Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Because I'm under the impression you don't like musicals. No, I don't. So why? It was sitting on, because when you asked me, what do I want to choose? The Willy Wonka with Johnny Depp was sitting, like I had Stan open on my TV and then Willy Wonka, uh, no, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was just sitting there and you're like, what do you want to pick? And I was like, Willy Wonka. So that's it. So you, you did a full Orson Welles where he was on the phone and they're like, if you give me money for my play, I'll make this really good book. He looks around in this doctor's office and he picks up this book and he's like, the lady from Shanghai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Okay, it. well, I guess that's a very objective way of picking a subject. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, I liked it more than when I was a kid. That's awesome. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I wasn't fucking into this. Mm. I, I mean, I watched it once or twice maybe mm. and I was like, oh, neat. Like... Mm. 
kind of kind of cool. Hmm. And then watching it this time, I was I was mesmerized. I was I was taken away by the magic of of Willy Wonka and his chocolate factory. And did you find it delicious? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, delicious. Is it is it okay to describe? Because I know you don't like people calling things delicious that isn't food. Yeah. But is this an exception because it's about a chocolate factory? Can we call Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a delicious film? <laughs> That's going to be in so many fucking reviews that they call the movie a delicious treat for the whole family. I have a feeling that's probably the tagline for the film. Yeah, a delicious <laughs> adventure. I will not accept that tagline for any other movie yeah. than for this one specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So why why did you like it more now than when you were a kid? Um, I mean, like, I can't even really remember. Like, I just kind of remember watching it as a kid, them going into the, the chocolate room. Right. That's it. I remember the girl being blown up into a blueberry and that's it. And then I was, I was watching as things were coming back to me. Um, but I found it really funny. Mm. Um, like all the early stuff, like it's got really good, like a, a really good dry British wit Yeah. about it. Like the school teacher is really funny. Um, and I just fucking, I got caught up in Charlie's fucking joke. I found him like the, the fucking sweetest kid, but it wasn't over the top. Like when he's opening the, you know, him and Grandpa Joe opening the second bar and they're like, maybe we'll get it, Charlie. Maybe we'll get it. And he's like, oh, you open it, Grandpa. Fuck, I can't wait, man. And then they open it up and Grandpa Joe is like, fuck. But Charlie's just straight away like, I bet that golden ticket makes it chocolate taste bad. And I'm did, just Did like, you start crying? Nah, but I, I went, I went, oh, because <laughs> I watched it with my girlfriend and we were both like, oh, Charlie. Oh, poor Charlie. Now, I, I, I've seen this movie more than I'd like to admit. Oh, yeah. This is the kind of film I can just, if I'm sick at home, mm. I could put it on and just. One of your faves? No, God, no. I, like, well, I, guess, I guess it's like it was a really big kid, like a kid film that I really liked when oh, I was okay. growing up. So I guess it's one of my favorite kid films. How long has it been since you've seen it? Not too long ago. And I had the exact same experience the last time I watched it compared to you mm. this time. And it was like I like completely filtered out all of those gags at the beginning. Yeah. Like I have in my mind, I had in my mind, he's this povo cunt and his mum's washing clothes. The, the parents are crippled in bed and then he goes and buys the golden ticket and gets it like that's in my brain kind of filtered like yeah the content and i was just laughing hysterically at all these really funny jokes yeah like the counselor being like i had this dream about the golden ticket but it doesn't matter tell me where the golden ticket is you know yeah yeah he's like uh oh i had this dream he's like dreams are stupid okay you know they don't mean anything don't 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 get don't get all fussed up on your dreams as soon as you realize that the better you'll get he's like yeah the dream was i knew where the golden ticket was like tell me where the ticket is (laughs) so like all those i forgot how much of the film takes place before it's like half the movie yeah there's like a big portion of the film i think it's at least a third of the film Mm. definitely that takes place before and the humor is hilarious like, 
I don't want to compare too much with the remake because we're going to talk about that eventually, but none of that's really in it right. in the remake. And that's what makes this whole setup is like you realize how important, even just in a plotting, in a plotting point, how important these tickets are yeah. and how rare they are and how crazy people are getting about them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it's fucking hilarious, you know? Mm. So, like, yeah, I, I had, I pleasantly, like, I think the best part of the movies before they go into the chocolate factory. That might be a controversial I, opinion. I agree. Just that whole build-up is really funny. Yeah, um, it, it, um, and it treats society as being completely absurd. Yeah. Which plays into the drama of Charlie's situation. Mm. Because it's like, he's, he's like the only sensible character going around like his mum is but his mum's downtrodden she's doing her best but she's depressed grandpa joe we'll get into him but he's yeah. kind of a sus character <laughs> and then charlie's like he's the normal one yeah who's who has still some you know a sense of morals mm. you know and he lives in this world that is fucked up and i think it um you know, it it's not too much of like a, a fucking social critique, but there's enough there that they're definitely aware of what they're doing. The director at least is aware of what he's doing. Totally. That it's like, you know, Charlie is in this situation because the world is greedy and Wonka himself is aware of that, which is why he shuts people out of the factory, which is why he understands that it's going to take um, a lot of like, uh, drastic, weird testing to find the exact right person mm. because he knows how fucking greedy and absurd, you know, people Everyone are. Everyone is pe- in this are. world. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, you know, and it demonstrates that through this, this disgusting mess of people trying to find this golden ticket. Mm. Um, and it demonstrates that absurdity, but then in a really funny way. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I also think that that, like, lampooning craziness of the first third and how absurd everyone is, mm-hmm. it is believable in this world. But then I, I also was thinking when I was watching it is that it, that makes the factory more palatable. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if it was, like, really somber, really serious... And then all of a sudden there's these little orange people just like walking around. Yeah. Like it, it helps make this believable. Cause it's like, it's not, I, again, you, I think you're right in saying that there is a bit of social commentary there, but that isn't out. Like our world isn't that actually, we're living in a post satire world. Our world is like this. Film, yeah. Our it? world now is like that, but this is <laughs> 1971. Where they were, there was a parody. I have to watch everything I say now, just because like we live in such a stupid world. Yeah, now it's stupid of them. Like, like the president of the United States is saying the the way to get rid of coronavirus cases is to test less. Like that's the world we live in. You know, like yeah, you can't like you can't write that. Yeah. So we're like yeah, that's like them almost like. uh, they're kind of predicting the future, I guess. Oh God! I, I... <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's like a, it's like um, it's like a cartoon world. Like 
it actually reminded me a lot of um the simpsons mm. like um those those little gags of people desperately trying to find the tickets especially the computer one mm. where the the scientist the computer scientist is uh has like these investors gathered around and he's like i'd like to thank you all for giving me the money and the time to invent this machine that will <laughs> it does feel like i was just scam. imagining like a professor frank skit yeah and then yeah the computer then fucks up on him i would not be surprised if the simpsons parodied it with some like something that frank has done is just a direct parody of that film yeah you know what i mean like the simpsons in there the writers know their shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so what do you think you enjoyed about it oh so you didn't like it when you were a kid or you liked it more now i liked it more now i remember liking it as a kid what do you think about it you liked when you were a kid then just the i liked the chocolate factory more right I, I liked the, I like you liked that it made you hungry. <laughs> no, I liked the goofy inventions, the cartooniness of the factory, and you know he's he's yeah like he's cool inventions and stuff. Right. And it was colorful. Right. But that was that was that's kind of it. Like I remember watching it as a kid and and being like, oh yeah, cool. But I didn't. I wasn't like, put on put on Willy Wonka. I want to watch Willy. That was like a you know different set of movies that I was into. Terminator Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but with this, I could really appreciate it. And also from like a filmmaking perspective, I think it is like perfectly paced. Mm. Um, even like Charlie's mum's song, I don't mind. I don't like that song. No, no one, no one does. But I, I didn't think that it was... Um, really derailing i was like oh, okay and it doesn't go for too long no. and that's another thing i didn't mind the songs at all because i hate musicals yeah but all the songs serve a purpose at the beginning yeah like the first song the candy man song yeah i like that song it's useful for dropping heaps of ex- exposition building the world introducing us to, to it introduces us to willy wonka mm-hmm um, as, and, and in like, the, you know, the mystery that he is yep. and also the reverence that he has. Mm. And then it introduces us to Charlie and it shows us how everyone, you know, and what fucking candy means to people in this, in this world. Do those kids have tabs at the milk bar? Yeah. Right. Because like he's, <laughs> he's just throwing that shit around. <laughs> I was imagining him like after he's throwing them sweets and they're going crazy. And then he's like, all right, that'll be Forty-seven pounds, please. Yeah, like and like, can you imagine if Charlie walks in and then he's like, "Get out!" <laughs> that always that like even annoyed me as a kid. I'm like, Charlie, just go in and pick up some fucking M and M's off the floor yeah. if you're that desperate. He's doling this shit out, man. Yeah, it's it. But I, again, it's like speaking about the excess and greediness of these people. Like those kids are the same as all the crazy adults. Yeah. I guess in this story, you know. Yeah. Um, and that and that Charlie's left out of this wonder. Yeah, it, it it's showing rather than telling. Very quickly, you yeah. know who he is. And also, the songs don't go for very long. I think they're like they're like a minute and a half to two minutes or something. Mm. They're not like a full fucking three minute thirty. Let it go or hit. something. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're in, we're out. You you know, you're picking up all the exposition. 
and then we're, we're back to the story. And then there's like a few other songs, but then it's just like the Oompa Loompa songs. And the Oompa Loompa songs, which I, what I like is that, cause this is what I don't like about musicals. It's like the reality of the film takes a break. And then suddenly everyone's singing and, and I, I guess I'm just, I don't, just don't have enough abstract thought ability to be able to deal with that. But I'm like, wait a minute. So is this really happening or what? But the Oompa Loompa shit is really happening. They're just singing songs. Yeah. And the Willy Wonka songs are really happening. And I like that he only has like one musical number, but he keeps singing little songs along the way. Mm. But there's like no music. Mm. He, he would just like... There's Res- no knowing where we're rowing. Yeah, he's just singing to them. Mm. And he'll just, like, uh, answer someone's question with, like, a little 10-second tune that he sings into the guy's ear <laughs> <laughs> in a really fucked-up way. Um, what did you... Who was your favourite of the kids? What you mean besides Charlie? Yeah, of course. Well, like, Charlie's, like, a good character, but he's not, like, the most entertaining character. You know what I mean? Mm. He's just, like, the poor kid. Yeah, I like the fat German kid. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just because, like, fat kids are just funny. Mm. Mm. I like Mike TV. He's just, like, so over-the-top American. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just dressed as a fucking cowboy for, like, no reason at all. Yeah, just because he fucking loves cowboys. Is it, like, I'm not old enough to get a gun? Not until you're 12, son. Oh, I like, um... Not the, the what's her name? Something Salt. Veruca Salt. Yeah, I like her because she's just such a cunt. Yeah. Like her dad's like, "All right, princess, I'll get you." And she's like, "Shut up! I hate you." No, I want it now. <laughs> You're stupid, daddy. <laughs> there, there's a a subsect of just bullies. This cunt. There's a subsect of people online, and they're sociopaths. Um, and, they, and I, not, I hope not, none of them are listening to this right now because I know a couple of them that have shared it, but someone made this big post and about how Violet deserved to win okay. because she's committed, because she's determined, because she's intelligent. Okay. And it's like this whole thing about how Violet of all the people was the right person to win okay. the golden ticket. And I'm like, no, you're a psycho. It's like people who agree with Thanos. It's like, yeah, cool. You kind of missed the point if you're thinking that Violet Beauregard should have, you know, yeah, got the chocolate. Very factor. neoliberal way of thinking. Yeah, I'm just like, life is about survival of the fittest, and she was clearly the strong, the strong-willed one. Yeah. Charlie is weak. Yeah, it's just like. You, 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 you did not watch the same film it's as like, me. It's uh, like, I think maybe you have missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything about the film to this day that you don't like? No. No. Uh, no, honestly, no. I can't, like, I was looking for things as well, because whenever we do this, I'm always like, you know, trying to be as open as possible and be like, okay, anything that, you know, ticks me off, be conscious of the film uh, which is stupid, kind of, because I don't allow myself to really get lost in it. Mm. When you're trying to look at things from a critical angle, you can't. But then you can't help it. So mm. if I watched this fucking 20 times over, I'm sure there would be little things. But, I mean, there was never a point where I was taken out of it, even when I was trying not to get lost in it. Right. I was just like, yeah, this is just fucking... 
It's like put together perfectly. Really good kids film. Yeah. That's enjoyable for adults, you know? I think it's just like a good film. Good film. Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Oompa Loompas in either version. Uh, is it because of the, you know, the, it's a bit weird that he has slaves? No. Well, <laughs> I don't know. They just... So in the new one, it's fucking disgustingly racist and weird. Yeah. Like he finds them in like a South American country and like he depicts them as like only eating snails and shit. That's what he says in this one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, oh, they lived in a fucking awful place mm. and I went and saved them and brought them over here and I said, you can you can eat as much as you want and you can live here and all you have to do is work in my factory. It's like, that's slavery. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. So, may so maybe that's what it is on a subconscious level. Mm. Um, it's worse in the, in the new one because they're like a little Indian man. It's like the same little Indian man. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Cause I was trying to excuse like, but I don't, you know, I really don't fucking care, but I was like, Hmm, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> and then because they're orange and they're like, Oh, they just live off of cocoa beans. It's like, Oh, well maybe they're not. Human? People, yeah, maybe they're not human, but he specifically says that they are in Wimpleland, yeah, yeah, because he's like, they're like, they're not humans. He's like, of course they're humans. It's like, all right, those are your human slaves. <laughs> <laughs> I find their look weird. Right. I'm like, why do they wear those clothes? Mm -hmm. Like they've got like shoes with like fucking, what do you call them? fucking the balls you know like the sand the elf things they were like elf shoes right and i just i just find them really disconcerting like what do I they look like in the book oh, i can't fucking remember i haven't read that since i was like eight or if they're just straight up black people in the book i don't think so i think they might be orange okay i think that's like a translation from the book but i don't know i'm just if <laughs> if if I knew they existed in mm. the real world mm -hmm. and they only lived in this dude's factory, mm. I would be creeped out. <laughs> I'd have a hard time, you know, if they had a, if they, you know, had a country and, you know, there were human beings and stuff, mm -hmm. sure. But just the thought of these like telepathic, because they're tele because they're singing these fucking songs. All at the same time. They're yeah. all in each other's head. They're all in harmony about events that had just happened. Yeah. These psychic, like, elf things. Yeah. It's scary shit, bro. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whenever I see them, I kind of get a bit more uncomfortable. What's good about this version, though, is that they're kind of just uh, frilling. Like, they're only kind of just there. Mm -hmm. um, they become incredibly irritating in the remake because he keeps trying to make Oompa Loompa jokes. Like the whole, it's like every one out of three jokes is an Oompa Loompa joke. And though they're always really bad. So that was angering me more about the remake, but right. still I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. Cause in this he's, they just see them. They're like, what the fuck? And he's like, those are my workers, the Oompa Loompas and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they're just like, in the background, they're just doing the work and then they come along and sing the songs because they take the, the kids away. Yeah. 
I have uh, I have no issue with Oompa Loompas, and I find it pretty funny that you're scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I guess I'm scared of them. I don't know. It's just... And they're like... I don't know if they're... I'm not saying they're evil. Mm. But, like, could you imagine... They seem pretty harmless. Getting stuck in a pipe and, like, a group of these ten things going... Yeah. You wouldn't be stuck if you weren't fat! <laughs> like... It's like, okay. That's freaky shit, you yeah. know? Like, do you, do you... It's a pretty freaky movie. Oh, dude, there's, like, horror elements... Yeah, that's what I like about it too, is that, like, Willy Wonka is kind of an asshole. Like, he has no empathy for people being in pain. Right. Like, these, when these kids are in pain, and the, and, the, and the parents are like, oh, my child, and he's like, and he just makes a little joke. Well, I think it's like, I think it's like, for him, it's controlled chaos. Like, he knows... That they're not really in danger. Mm-hmm. So, and he knows that it's their fault. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's like, how much can you wane sympathy? Mm-hmm. I just think he doesn't pretend, like, he doesn't wane sympathy. He doesn't, you know, he, he's empathic, not sympathetic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, if they were, if genuinely something was actually really wrong and not fixable, mm-hmm. And it wasn't their fault because it's always their fault. All the kids that get in trouble, it's because they do something really yeah. selfish and dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, if if, Ch- if if fucking like <laughs> if um, Violet Beauregard exploded, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think he might have had been a bit more, um, mm-hmm. you know. Empathetic and maybe apologized more, but it's all, I don't know. That's kind of my, my take on him. I don't see him as an asshole. I see him as just not taking shit. Did you think that, because it was confirmed for me at the end that that is like really what his factory is like because of the, the glass elevator thing. But throughout the whole film, because of his deceptive nature, I was wondering... Did he just have all this kooky shit built for the tour? And really, it was just like a normal-ass factory. You know what I mean? He's just been spending years inventing this, like, once-off theme park ride sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't... Because, I mean, he's probably got, you know, shit tons of money. He's the most successful chocolate dude ever, right? Mm. But he clearly lives there. Yeah. So he doesn't have, like mansions and and shit he spends all his money on turning the factory into into this thing mm. so i was like ah, oh, he's got the revenue mm. <laughs> if he wanted to he could turn it into this you know whimsical like theme park mm. and just because of his like constant deceptive nature i was like maybe he's just like doing this specifically for the tour so what are the deceptive things you're talking about well, I mean, at the start, when he walks out with his cane, and everyone's like, oh, there's Willy Wonka, and he's crippled. And okay, so like, that's a gag, because like, he rolls and then... Not crippled. And then, like, bows and stuff. The way he answers questions. You mean the way he doesn't answer questions? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting take. I've never read that theory before. Right. So that's, a, that's an original one there. Because, like, there, there's a whole bunch of theories. Like, people say that there's a big one that he... That he planned it all, like planned 
like there's a there's a theory out there that he's a serial killer or whatever and that he does this like he he plans all of the accidents and Mm -hmm. like if you look closely he pushes augustus gloop into the river and stuff and Mm -hmm. people go a bit haywire with that theory yeah it's like i think he knows um like each room that they go into he knows what kind of shit can happen Mm. that he's like because it's like the whole thing is a test. Mm. He's like, okay, I'll take him into this room. And whoever fucks around in the chocolate river is going to go in that pipe. Mm. And then who, when I take him into the TV room, this is the one thing that can happen. So whoever fucks around there, this is going to happen to them. Yeah. Which is why he would be like, you know, when, you know, when they're, they're, they're fucking around, he's like, no, stop, don't, no. Because it's like, oh, I was expecting one of the kids to do this. And it's more like he's disappointed. He's like, oh, great. Yeah, it is. It, it, to me, shit. it sounds like disappointment. Mm. Um, yeah, it's always just kind of like... But he's not going to get in the way because I think if he does, then it's making his point moot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Weaning them off and figuring it all out. Um, do you think it's a bit upsetting that... Charlie picks Uncle, uh, Grandpa Joe to go with him and not his fucking poor-ass mum. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because he's like, oh, I wish you could come with me, Grandpa Joe. And then Grandpa Joe, you just see him be like, oh, yeah, I'm meant to be crippled. Oh, oh my... Hang on a minute. Oh, oh, it's a... It's a miracle. I'm actually... And then he starts dancing around. And I was like, oh my God, cut back to the mum. I want to see her reaction. Just glaring, staring daggers through this cunt. It's been like, I've been washing your balls and you could walk the entire time. That, I feel really sorry for the mum. Mm. Just because she literally like in the, in, the, in the book and in the other film, it's like, it's, a, it's not a broken home, mm. you know, and they're, they're all doing their best to make it work. But this one woman is doing everything. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, she can't go because she has to look after the other three who who probably aren't faking. Uncle Joe can look after them. Sorry, Grandpa Joe can fucking look after them. He proves very quickly (laughs) he's fine. (laughs) So, like... Oh, I wish you could come with me, Grandpa Joe. Oh, oh, look, I'm magically fine. Mm. Oh, cool. You can look after them while I take mum, yeah, who's been... Because mum really deserves a holiday. She deserves all the holidays she, on the planet. She works all day at the, at the clothes drying factory for apparently no money. No money. Yeah. They eat cabbage water. Isn't that what they eat every night? Yeah. That's the most bleak fucking thing on the planet. This is what you're eating, Grandpa Joe? It's like, yeah, your mum made that. Show yeah. your mum some fucking respect. You're <laughs> eating it too. <laughs> That's what you're having. Nah, I... Yeah, I, I think this movie... I think you're right in saying it's like very... It nails the British humour. Mm. Um, yeah, like... It's a British director, I think, isn't it? Um, I That's think probably so. why. Um, I, I'm assuming it's a very... English film, so... If but Charlie's not British. The kid. Yeah. Isn't he? Grandpa Joe? I'm, I just got that in my head. Pretty sure Charlie... Charlie sounds American to me. That's not surprising. Did you Google the kid? No. So, he had a mental breakdown after the film. Oh. And became a vet. 
like a like a veterinarian. Yeah. And never worked on a... This is his only film. Well, that sounds like a mental breakthrough, maybe. Yeah, like... That's I, a noble profession. I heard that he tried to get into other films and stuff, and then the pressure made him... Right. ...reassess and then, yeah, become a vet. That's still probably the best childhood actor story that exists. Totally. Because there's some pretty tragic ones. I think the best childhood actor story would be fucking DiCaprio, right? He's a kid actor. Mm. He was a child star. He was in shit when he was like 10. I don't know. Is he doing all right? What do you mean is he doing all right? That, mm. that cunt is always in successful movies. Yeah, but I mean, is he doing all right, really? <laughs> <laughs> he just seems like kind of a boring asshole. I, every time, every story I hear about him in the real world, he sounds like a cool dude. Like him, like Justin Bieber being in the same club with him and Justin Bieber wanting to hang out with him and him just saying no. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, I don't want to deal with you. No. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You fucking jerk. I think, I think, I think uh, becoming a vet isn't... It's not Corey Feldman levels of breakdown. Oh, God. No, oh, I guess, you know what, you're right. It's a breakthrough. That This isn't for me. Yeah. Not like a breakdown as in like hide, being in hiding and pretending to release a documentary about <laughs> fucking rapists and then never releasing it because he's full of shit, you know? Because that's, that's all he does now, isn't it? Yeah. Pretends to release this doco and then it's poor, like, poor. I don't think that doco exists. I think poor he's full Corey. of shit. Oh, yeah. Corey. Yeah, anyway. Should we um, have a look at those reviews? Yeah. Oh, just quickly before we do, I just want your quick opinion. Is Grandpa Joe an asshole? Yeah, I don't like Grandpa Joe. I feel like if I was at the pub and sat next to him, I wouldn't like him. Do you think he's meant to be likable? Yeah. You think he's meant to be likable? Yeah. Okay. Because it felt like I I was supposed to be like, oh, Grandpa Joe, you're kind of a dick. Nothing he does is like positive no. like he he buys his grandson a chocolate he's either grumpy or greedy yeah like even it, when they drink their fizzy lifting drink it was his idea wasn't yeah. it mm. and then at the end he's like we'll give slughorn that gobstopper and we'll be rich you know yeah yeah, yeah. like he's very quickly fuck this guy i'm not gonna yeah and then anything he has to say at the factory is just you know him being like Oh, that kid fucking sucks. Yeah, he's not not the most positive person at all. That's why Charlie should have took his mum. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe that is effective because it shows that Charlie is, you know, uncorrupted. That he also has this, you know, Grandpa Joe leading him around and being a little fucking, you know shitty ass grandpa joe can't even corrupt charlie he's so altruistic that exactly. even his outside influences yeah exactly aren't gonna make him not be exactly a really good kid yeah hmm. good old fucking charlie all right so this is a 10 out of 10 review by barnaby rudge one of my all-time favorites uh 2004 Surprisingly, Roald Dahl, author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, on which this film is based, reportedly hated this big screen version of his book. Oh, I didn't know that. 
There's no denying... Roald Dahl didn't like any adaptation of his books. Right. You should have made the Oompa Loompas black. How would people know that they're meant to be? All right. Um, <laughs> I was trying to make a statement. I thought that, that was slavery's in there okay. for a second. <laughs> um, is Roald Dahl the pedophile? No, that's Lewis Carroll. No, there's another one. There's a kid's guy. Australian, I think. What? Who's the Australian kids entertainer that they were... Rolf Harris? Oh, Rolf Harris. Right. This is not written by Rolf Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, yeah, he hated the book. Uh, no, he hated the, the movie. Uh, there's no denying that the book is sheer genius. Fucking chill out. But in all honesty, this film adaptation is exceptionally well made too. In fact, it comes high up on my list of all-time movie favourites. The Wonka Chocolate Factory is an amazing building from which some of the most scrumdiddly umptious sweets are delivered to the world's candy stores. Wonka Mania hits the world when five golden tickets are hidden inside packs of Wonka. I should have just read this for my... Because this is a nice synopsis. Why is he reading it? Why is he putting a synopsis in his review? I know, I'm they assuming do people that know the film. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Um, for the winners will be granted a tour of the top secret factory. Young Charlie Bucket, a poor... I forgot his last name. It's Bucket. That's a funny last name for a poor kid. <laughs> Bucket. <laughs> Charlie shit. Um, a poor boy whose family cottage lies within sight of Wonka's factory dreams of becoming a winner, but with a barely, barely a penny to his name, does he have a chance? What makes Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory such a success is the way it skillfully blends entertainment and a serious underlying moral. Each winning child is exposed as being rotten to the core, then dealt with harshly and dismissively by Wonka. <laughs> yeah, it's harshly. He treats them harsh. He hates these kids as well. Yeah. Like when he grabs that chick by the face, and I forget what he says, he's just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up, I hate you. <laughs> Um, seeing these awful brats get their comeuppance is hilarious, enjoyable, and on a serious level, quite eye-opening. It's as if parents in the audience are being told how to prevent their children from turning bad. Yeah, make them live in poverty. Um, Gene Wilder was simply born to play Wonka. Every eccentric phrase, every bemused expression, and every mischievous glance is judged to perfection. The film set design is fabulous, with particular high spots including the chocolate room, the egg room, and the wacky corridor, which gets smaller and narrower the closer you get to the end. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is simply magic, a film that everyone must see, especially parents whose kids are just becoming that bit too big for their boots. Um, yeah, that's one thing we didn't talk about because it's really obvious, I think, but Gene Wilder is perfect. Oh, yeah, no, he gets the balance of... Being funny, mm -hmm. being lovable, mm -hmm. and being serious. Yeah. Like, he literally, he's all of them at the same time. You could make a mistake in mm. portraying this role as someone who's meant to be a goofy, mm. you know, and, and, and wacky and over the top. Oh, I hope you're keen to see a version that's basically a fucking <laughs> psychotic to, serial killer rapist. If you were that's to, what we're getting next. If you were to judge this poorly... You would portray him as a wacky character. Yeah. But I didn't feel that this version of Willy Wonka was crazy. He's... He's eccentric, but he's not insane. He is probably the second most grounded character next to Charlie. Yeah. 
You know, everyone else is either to a point a caricature or completely and utterly crazy. Mm -hmm. You can believe that this guy can be both an eccentric dude, but a guy who knows how to run a successful business. Totally. When you see him um, at the uh, at the end of the film, right before where he's like, you lose. Yeah. Good day, sir. <laughs> um, he's, he's just sitting at a desk doing paperwork. He's like, I'm very busy. And it's like, yeah, I can see this guy sitting still and doing heaps of paperwork and running a business and understanding all that stuff. But also in an office where everything is half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's eccentric, but but grounded. He's he's sane and level-headed. He's but he's he's very um, creative, but he has a very strong moral compass. Mm. He understands what he believes is right and wrong, mm. and he sticks to that. Mm. He's a very grounded guy with mm. eccentric traits. Mm. That's always kind of like a bit trepidatious when you were calling him an asshole. Right. I didn't find him an asshole at all. I found all of his responses to be justified. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like an yeah. asshole would be him being a jerk for no reason. Mm -hmm. But every time he was a bit snarky, mm -hmm. I was thinking I'd probably be snarky there as well. Yeah, he doesn't... He doesn't, he doesn't suffer traits yeah. that he disagrees with. And I think you can tell that he is, he's disappointed. This is maybe reaching a bit, but he's like disappointed with the state of the world maybe because he's desperately looking for a good hearted kid to run his factory. And that's why he loses his shit at the end. He's like, you drank fizzy lifty drink. Like, all I asked for was you to fucking come in here and do as I asked and respect my shit. And I couldn't find one of you mm. to do that. You lose. <laughs> Get out. Like, he's about to fucking break down at his, with his depression over this. <laughs> like, I can even, I can even see... When he's like saying, oh, the, the tour is over. Uh, sorry, I can't take you to the door. This has been a waste of time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. um, even that's just on a really like understandable level. Like I've, I've had points where I'm really annoyed at people, but still trying to be polite. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he even pulls something as minute as that off really well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just all believable. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like as if it's a real guy. Mm. Actually, yeah. He is the... He's, Probably the best part of the film, would you say? Gene Wilder is yeah. Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he's not in it for the first half, and I really like the first half still. I agreed, but like he, everything so ridiculous. Like the, all aspects of that movie is one step away from being unlikable. Mm in that second half of the film. Mm. Like it, it's, it's very, it's, it's on thin ice and he, I ha have to say, holds it together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that, like who, who's an actor from that era that they could have got as Wonka and it just wouldn't have worked. Uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to think of Clint Eastwood, I'm trying to think of actors from that era. Oh, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Do you know Jack Lemmon? No. I'm just trying to think of comedy actors 
fucking Jerry Lewis or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I can't think of anyone comedy actor from that era that could have got that balance right. Jim Wilder was like quite a, quite a serious actor. Yeah. Or oh, I've only ever seen him in like comedies. Mm. You know? From what I, from what I've seen and what I know about him, he's quite a serious actor. Right. He takes his craft very seriously. I think he's a theater dude. So I think maybe he did a lot of serious stuff in theatre. Mm -hmm. But every film I've seen him in or I've heard of is like movies with Richard Pryor or like yeah. Mel Brooks movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, what's the what's the next one? Okay, this is... They, they give it a 1 out of 10 by Math Shop 2. Um, and they say the movie... The new movie is dark. Uh, from 2005. Oh, so they would have reviewed this just after the Johnny Depp one came out. They probably saw it and then went and watched probably, the uh, old one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is undoubtedly the worst movie ever made. Whoa. Okay. Whoa, swinging for the fences. Every second I was watching it, my eyes were being burned out. First of all, I thought that the book was okay. It had its charm, but wasn't a great American classic. It's a kid's book. Like, you can... <laughs> Can people just remember that it's a fucking kid's book? Yeah. Like, what? what, what is he comparing it to? Steinbeck? Like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah, this isn't Mark Twain. Uh, this movie is not the book. Okay, good observation. Uh, they took the same general concept and then put their own bad spin on everything. I don't mind if they changed some things, like the squirrels to geese, because they did not have the technology to do squirrels. But changing the song lyrics and adding their own songs, that was bad. The Oompa Loompas were all wrong. How anyone could even come up with the idea of making their skin orange and hair green is anyone's guess. I, this is your man, Joe. I could have done without the demonic chanting when they're on the boat. Have you even read the lyrics? Wonka and cast. Round the world and home again. That's the sailor's way. Faster, 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 faster. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they're... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I love that okay. scene. Yeah. Um, he goes on, This is scary. <laughs> yeah. He's is yeah. Wonka trying to kill these kids? No, he's trying to scare them. Yeah. Um, and Did he they... say it was scary? Yeah. So he was scared. So the said, movie was effective. This is scary. This scared me. I shouldn't be scared. <laughs> uh, hey, to be perfectly honest, if you go to the movies and you're seven years old in mm -hmm. 1971 to see that, mm. yeah, I but... would have shit my pants. Yeah, but like kids, like kids movies these days... I don't know what they are. Yeah. Like, they're just like, hey, everything's fine. Colors. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, kids, you can make movies that scare kids. It's okay for kids to be, that's part of the thrill. That's like part of, like, why some, like, Pixar movies were really good. Yeah. Because there was, like, scary shit in those, like, in Toy Story... When he's in the bedroom... Oh, Sid's room was With those freaky. fucked up toys. It scared yeah. the shit out of me as a kid, yeah. but I loved it. I, I had the same thing with... Um, did you ever watch the original NeverEnding Story? Mm -hmm. 
Remember when the the horse dies? Mm. That was for me. That was terrifying. Yeah, just you... this horse is screaming as it's getting sucked into quicksand. Yeah, it's scary. There's like shit's allowed to be scary. Shit's allowed to be sad. The world's scary. Yeah, it's okay to feel those feelings when you're watching a movie. Like if it's okay for adults, it's okay for kids. You just have kid versions of that. They should be scared sometimes. It's entertaining and it's fun. Fucking hell. Anyway. Who is this person? Who's like, I didn't like this. Worst movie I've ever seen. I hope they're eight. I was scared. They're not eight. Because <laughs> this is impressive for an eight-year-old. Um, and they say that the new movie is dark. At least Wonka warns them. And not in the weird way Wilder did. Sure, he has not been around people in a while and he obviously cares more about his candy than the kids. But he should still care a little. Do yourself a favor and never see this horrid movie. This movie fucking traumatized this cunt. I... What? Just get a life, man. Like... <laughs> I don't understand what his issue is. Like, I... it starts off as... Um... It's not faithful to the book. But he preceded that by saying he didn't really like the book yeah. anyway. It's okay. It's just not an American classic. So what's what's his angle? Yeah. He, he... Okay, so he probably... I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look for a review from that person for, for Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Because I have a feeling he wrote one. Yeah. So and I'm gonna, must have liked that one. Yeah, so I'm going to find, as an extra um, IMDB review for the next episode, we're going to read that guy's one for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because I'm curious. Because why would you read the book as well? Like, he must have seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. Liked it? Yeah, read the book. And then read the book or either knew the book from when it was a kid. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking they're an eight-year-old. No, this is not how an eight-year-old writes. <laughs> hey, they're getting, they're getting smarter every year. Actually, I'm pretty sure they're getting dumber. Right. I see homework for someone in year seven mm -hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, but I was like that when I was in year seven. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, for me, it's like, I've seen math homework. I'm like, you're doing that in year seven? Holy shit. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. What's that triangle there? I don't know. But weren't you, like, in school capable, capable of doing things that then you just forget? I mean, like, if, if someone asked me to do homework from year four now, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> it's all irrelevant. Yeah, because it's a whole bunch of irrelevant shit that my brain's just like, you know uh, how it is. Uh, and you didn't get taught how to do taxes. Anyway, Kindergarten, we're one, two, three, that's all you need. Yeah. Then ch children should go to work in the chocolate factory. <laughs> Did this movie want make you want to eat sweets? No. No? No, it made me sick, actually, because of that. Really? Yeah, because I don't, I don't really like sweets. So then watching them all just, like, shove chocolate in their mouth, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Anyway, what's your uh, closing thoughts on this film and uh, fart rating? Um, I personally really enjoyed this movie. I didn't have any um, childhood bias because I didn't really like it as a kid, but I really enjoyed it as an adult. Um, I think it's funny. It's wonderful. It's got a good story uh, and like, like a good moral lesson. It's definitely a movie that if you're having a bad day and you, you're like depressed, put on Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory will fucking cheer you up 
And from a technical perspective, it is fucking almost perfect. Mm. Um, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Yeah. Holy shit, that's, um, that's, that's pretty how, impressive. That's how you fucking do it. That's how you make a movie. No, I, I don't think it's technically perfect. I'm not the biggest fan of the of high king lighting. I could just a lot of it just seemed way overlit and clearly in a studio, but I guess that comes with making a movie about being in a magical chocolate factory kinda with a budget of three million dollars, you've kinda gotta accept that it's kinda gonna look a bit yeah. tacky like that. Yeah. Um yeah, I really like the movie. Almost everything about it. Um, I don't like the mum song at the beginning. I think I mentioned that before. And the Oompa Loompas scare me a little bit. I've never admitted that. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're just a bit... I don't know. Like, Can you imagine if one was just staring at us right now? No. Like, I'd, I'd invite him in and I'd make him go to work. <laughs> You'd make him make his dinner? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Gene Wilde is great. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. I, I don't know. 10 for me is like... I don't know. Yeah, I rate, see, I rate things on like, what were you trying to do? And, you know, how well did you, did you put it together? Did you miss any beats? I, I think that they were stellar at doing everything they were trying to do. Yep. And they didn't miss a beat. Fair. I don't know, like for me, that's a nine. For me, 10, it needs to leave me really thinking about what I just watched. It's change your life. Kind of, or like at least influence my perspective in some way or change. Yeah, I guess change my life. Like the, there's some movies that I'll give a 10 because it changes my perspective on how films are made and what people can do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I see a performance that blows me away. Sometimes it's the story, but it needs to have that thing that goes... I don't know what it is, but that's amazing. Mm. This film is like technically sound all the way through. I guess above sound. Yeah. But it just doesn't have that extra little thing that makes me yeah. go. See, I view it as more like I'm watching a like a gymnast do a bunch of flips. And it's like technically perfect. You nailed it. Flawless, flawless quadruple leap. Yeah. But then someone else who's like a, a critic would be like, oh, you didn't tuck your knee. Or something. I don't know. And it's like, nah, I was watching. She nailed it. She nailed it. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. On the next episode, we'll be uh, watching uh, one of the last passable Tim Burton movies. If you call it that, you might disagree. but The beginning of the end, maybe. Beginning of the end. Like, I think the beginning of the end was Planet of the Apes. (laughs) Which was, I think, the film before this. In his catalogue, maybe a couple before. I think maybe a few before. I think because it went that, then Big uh, big Fish. Because it was... Yeah, Big Fish was in between. I like Big Fish. Yeah. Um, and then this, yeah. Sweeney Todd, and then... And then it's all... Alice in Wonderland. He has one movie in there that's passable, a little indie film called Big Eyes, but it doesn't even feel like a Tim Burton movie. Did he direct that? Yeah, he directed that. Oh, really? Um, with uh, Christoph Waltz and Amy Adams... It's pretty pretty good, but it's like a it's like a little indie film. Um, but yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is in that weird zone where there's I I we'll get into it to, uh, when we talk about it. But there's bits of it that are good, mm. but there's a lot of it that are just like what the fuck are you thinking? Anyway, thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.